Hey, welcome. Glad to have you on Carry On Guns. Pleased to tell you that Powderhorn Guns and Archery is on board with us. Uh, Jordan and Kelsey are with us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, boy, we've got a lot of news to cover. And then, uh, of course, show and tell, which is uh, probably the most fun part of the program. Uh, we'll get into that a little later on. But uh, we're going to start off with a, a shooting in Washington, D.C. Apparently four victims uh, have been shot. A uh, sniper uh, guy living in uh, in an apartment on the fifth floor opened a window, had a tripod, and started shooting people. Uh, we don't know what the motive is, but he because he committed suicide. Um, two men uh, were shot. Uh, there was a 12-year-old uh, little girl who was shot, uh, and another woman who apparently had a graze wound on her back. Um, the two men are in critical but stable condition. The child was uh, hospitalized in stable uh, condition with minor gunshot wound. Uh, so that is uh, the information as of last Friday. Um, right away, you know where they're going with this, right, Kelsey? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. the same every time. Yeah, it's the gun. It's the gun. Uh, but Washington, D.C. has some of the most uh, draconian... Uh, gun laws, uh, and and it, it didn't stop this. So I guess the next place they go, Jordan, would be, uh, gee, he got his firearm in Virginia. <laughs> Ergo, we need to stop Virginia from selling firearms. Yeah, so states, are, well, I can't even say state, can you, because Washington, D.C., reaching outside of their jurisdiction to prevent others so that they can't get it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are other states that uh, are making the same argument. I know they do this in Illinois. They blame Indiana. Uh, they they blame uh, in Washington and New York. They blame Virginia. Um, but, you know, it, again, it's like blaming the fork for obesity. Uh, it's, it's just the tool that uh, some bad guys use. And I can't think of anything that would prevent this. I can't think of a of a gun control law because they always say they're looking for a reasonable gun control law. I can't think of one that would stop a, a madman from doing this. Can either of you? Not not without losing your uh, constitutionally guaranteed uh, rights. No, no. I mean, you you can always make it safer. I mean, heck, Iraq under Saddam was one of the safest places in the Middle East because <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened there. You you stepped out of line, and that was the end of you. But uh, not not without starting to lose your freedoms. Uh, you can't you can't uh, can't really do much about it. You can try to abide better by the laws that we have, um, but uh, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head that would just solve that problem tomorrow. Really, even even if they had their most draconian gun laws, uh, you you couldn't stop a madman. I mean, we've got. Literally hundreds of millions of firearms out there. You couldn't confiscate them all. And a madman could get them if he wanted. There's no place where, in, in no country I can think of, where they've actually been able to eliminate firearms. Um, I, I just don't see where there's any law that could possibly work. Well, and if someone's got that intent, they'll find something else. It doesn't have to be a gun. We've got hundreds and hundreds of examples of that. Yeah, so. they, uh, I, I remember in Japan when they used uh, some kind of chemical in, in their subway. Uh, I, I can remember uh, uh, places where, in fact, here in the United States, where they used a motor vehicle. Uh, certainly they've used explosives. Yeah. The, 
Oklahoma If the crazies want to kill. Yeah. 9-11. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, who, innocuous uh, enough weapon, uh, a 747. Yeah. Uh, so it, it won't stop them. They're going to they're gonna continue uh, to make the argument that the gun is the problem. There is no practical solution that will work. Um, but we'll just, you know, keep dealing with this on a regular basis. But we do have uh, an, an increase in the amount of violent crime around the country. Uh, Jordan, is this, in your opinion, is this um, because law enforcement has, have had their hands tied? Is it because prosecutors aren't doing their job? Is it uh, related to the China flu? Uh, where do you where do you think this increase is coming from, or is it inflation related? People can't afford to buy things. I, I would go yes to your first three. The <laughs> I mean, just it's, it's you know where our society went, and you had the the back fire against law enforcement, and then lots of law enforcement leaving. Um, and then the push to for law enforcement not to do as much, not to uh, be aggressive in in uh, uh, carrying out the their duties. Um, you had everybody staying at home or around the neighborhood for a long time. You know, twenty twenty into twenty twenty one. I think that's one of the reasons that your death stats went up so much for twenty twenty, especially with with uh, firearms types violence is just because of the amount of people that we no longer had going to schools, getting in, going to work, getting any type of interventions. And so you just, you put all those together into this and to, to what happens. And it's uh, I, I, there's no one thing. It's just, okay, look at all these things we did. And it led to this. And I think everybody could see that this is going to happen. And I don't know if we're at the worst of it yet, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely, I think your, your COVID, your backfire against the, the, police officers in general um and uh i don't know about inflation uh, you have to be smarter than i am to figure out whether that's uh, causing anything but uh I-, I will tell you people staying around the house and the neighborhoods longer um makes things tends to make things work that's why we we pay so much money for these after school programs and and all these intervention things but then you shut all those down for a year and you wonder why all of a sudden things start getting worse i know that uh, warm weather uh, can be yes. a problem I'm surprised the global warming people haven't come out and blamed this uh, uptick on global warming. <laughs> there you go, giving them ideas again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, what do they say in Francais? Fermez la bouche. But that's, you know, that is a, a, a factor. If it's hot, um, I think statistics indicate it, it leads to more crime. I'm not saying that it's man-made global warming, but <laughs> no, summer is here. In the cold, they want to stay inside and not freeze. So, you know, they're, they're, they're more separated. Uh, everybody's more separated in the winter. Um, the summer starts, and then you, you parks open up, and people begin to gather, and there's more people walking down the streets or jogging or running. Just You see that anywhere you're at. So, yeah, the warm weather tends to lead to more people being together, which always leads to, to more issues. What about, um, you know, I always hear these stories about uh you know, road rage and people shooting it. You know, if they if they allow people to carry a, a firearm, that uh, there'll be huge uh, surges in road rage deaths. But I haven't heard much about road rage deaths. Uh, it, it, it's it seems Kelsey like it's a non-issue. No, usually when you see those stories, it's more property damage. Um, you know, most people can't shoot a gun standing still, much less from a moving vehicle. That sounds horrible, but it's true. Um, 
Well, you know what? I, I'm going <laughs> to kind of interject here for a minute. That first story that we started with in Washington, D.C., the guy had a tripod, uh, and he had his firearm apparently mounted on a tripod, and he still, um, fortunately, didn't inflict the kind of harm he wanted to. Right. Which goes to the point, because if I think if I gave you a, a tripod and told you to shoot at targets from a fifth-story window, um, you wouldn't miss. Well, and it, I don't think his overall distance was probably very far. I mean, yeah. that, it, that sounds bad, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to your point that <laughs> people are not particularly good, it, and that's one of the things that we always talk about is uh, that you practice, practice, practice. Right. Uh, not for road rage usage. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, no, not for road rage uh, usage. That's it. <laughs> uh, I find you know what I because I carry a firearm, I tend to be a lot more patient when I'm on the road. Uh, I try not to blow the horn. I try not to get too upset. I just yell. Uh, I know they can't hear me. I just yell. <laughs> Makes me feel better. <laughs> or the or the single fingered salute. It's not bad. It's uh, not good. Which, yeah, uh, but I I try to keep that under control. <laughs> Because I don't want to get into a confrontation, I, and that's the, the the part of this that the left don't seem to quite understand. Uh, coming up, uh, we are going to uh, talk about a whole host of things, including our show-and-tell segment, where we find out what firearms they're highlighting from powder horn guns in, and archery. You are listening to Gary on Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. On board with us this morning from Powderhorn Guns and Archery, Jordan and Kelsey are with us. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, if you're in central Missouri and you're looking for guns, archery, ammo, all that stuff, they've got it. Uh, why don't you give them an, uh, an address, uh, Kelsey, where people can find you? 1915 Paris Road, Suite 103. We're around the side of the building. There's a giant eagle sticker on our door. You cannot miss it. I like the giant uh, eagle sticker. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Jen Sucky, well, that's what I call her. Uh, uh, Sucky <laughs> is, uh, I guess, how it should be pronounced. Uh, says you can't fight crime without more gun control laws. Uh, the Biden administration is continuing to push for Congress to enact new gun control laws, including a ban on modern sporting rifles and a repeal of the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. Uh, Jordan, they keep telling us on the left that that piece of legislation makes gun manufacturers and retailers uniquely safe from any kind of uh, civil litigation. But it, it really doesn't. Uh, it's not unique. Uh, there are other uh, other uh, uh, manufacturers that can't be sued. But what was the point of passing this? Why did the Republicans push this through? Oh, okay. So you have a bunch. You have to protect an industry from a bunch of career lawyers making names and fortunes for themselves. Um, and you, you got to protect an industry from that. Uh, you look at all the other industries and how how much uh, the the legal system costs them with with frivolous. And you, you talk about frivolous lawsuits. You can never get reimbursed for frivolous lawsuits. It's near impossible as a business um, because they usually don't have money. Uh, but uh, you you have to protect yourself from everybody every time someone dies that uh, with a gun, self inflicted, non self inflicted, accidental, purposeful. That doesn't matter. None of that will matter. Everybody gets sued. 
Um, so your ammo manufacturer will get sued. The person that made the bullet that went on the ammo is going to get sued. And the gun manufacturers going to get sued. And the, the importation, whoever imported it, CAI, whoever brought it in, they're going to get sued. And then whoever sold it at Billy Bob's gun shop, well, they're going to get sued. And then the employee, they probably won't get sued because they ain't got any money. Um, but uh, you, you try to start <laughs> protecting yourselves, and, and you realize how easy it is and how litigious uh, firearms is. And since they're such a big target um, of of so many people, I don't know if I should say so many, but cause it really isn't so many people um, that, that really truly target it like they do. Um, but, uh, man, they target it hard, so they, they, they tried to create something to protect the industry from billions and billions yearly of having to fight the lawsuits. Even if you win, you never really win. So, Have, Haven't the gun control people, Kelsey, made the, the case that they could uh, bankrupt these gun manufacturers if they had, uh, you know, if they had free reign uh, to file these kinds of lawsuits. And isn't that really what they were trying to do? Correct. And it worked. Um, look at Ruger. Ruger DPMS Bushmaster. You know, they had to sell, basically, the company that owned all three companies and owned the rest of the Ruger, or Remington, I'm sorry, Remington clan, I guess. Um Freedom Group, they sold. They said, we're done. We're tired of dealing with the lawsuits. We're tired of dealing with, you know, the cases with all the with all the court cases and stuff like that. So they just sold. You know, I, I think what uh, what the general public probably don't realize is that if a firearms manufacturer makes a firearm that malfun- malfunctions uh, and, and causes harm, that they can still be sued. Correct. Uh, they are not <clears throat> immune from lawsuits. And that's why recalls are a thing. Mandatory recalls and voluntary recalls. Yeah. Uh, But the whole point of that law was because the anti-gun people are so zealous in their desire to destroy the firearms industry that they are willing to just keep filing lawsuits until they bankrupt the manufacturers and retailers. And, uh, And that's why this was passed. And you don't see that. I don't see that in very many other industries. You don't uh, see people sue Ford because a drunk driver hit him. Like, yeah, yeah, and, it's and the, the same logic. And even then, the, you know, the point of uh, suing uh, uh, auto manufacturers and, and, and others is the deep pockets theory that we're going to go after the money. We want money, but in many cases, it appears that the firearms lawsuits are designed not out of avarice and greed, but out of a desire to bankrupt the company. Uh, and I think that that makes this uh, a particularly ugly problem. But uh, the the administration wants to take that protection away, and boy, Katie bar the door. Uh, that's that's when they're going to go after them. And there's a, in fact, a, the the lawsuit that we were just talking about in Connecticut. Um, the the court said, yeah, go ahead and sue them. And and that really baffled me because I've never seen an ad. And maybe you know you guys have been in the business longer than uh, than I've uh, uh, been a firearms uh, advocate, but I have never seen an ad that said, "Buy this gun and go shoot up a school." Right. I mean, they never talk like that. They talk about self protection. They talk about hunting. Uh, they talk about uh, dependability, reliability, uh, accuracy. But I've never seen an ad that advocated murder. And yet, that's. You know, kind of what they're uh, what they're making the argument on when they want to sue these gun manufacturers. Uh, coming up uh, a little later in the program, uh, we're going to have show and tell, 
and I love show and tell uh, because, uh, well, we've got some neat, neat firearms that you guys brought in, including a uh, a canic uh, and a shotgun and a, and a suppressor. And we ought to talk a little bit about suppressors because you can't you can't just walk into the store as everybody knows and buy one. You've got to fill out a form, pay a tax, uh, wait uh, for some time, and then eventually they get around to you. Let me ask very quickly, uh, and then we can uh, you know kind of wrap this part of it up. Uh, what's the wait time now, Jordan? On average, you know, eight to nine months, but they're working on an electronic form. And really pushing it, and I think they're getting stuff back on that electronic form. We're hearing from the industry much quicker, like sixty days, ninety days. No, um, but most really? places are not set up to do that yet, and it's still a little glitchy. So we're all working on it to 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 get it. We're we're working on our side to be able to do everything electronic in the store. But yeah, if it's smart of them to push it, because why pay someone to uh, why pay someone to sit there and enter everything electronic after you send it to them on paper? Just to go back to paper and send it back to you, keep the entire transition electronic, it, it would save them a ton of money. Now, you can talk about political reasons to maybe not do that, but uh, as far as as far as far ease of use and cutting down on man hours, it's a way smarter way, so I think they're pushing it pretty hard. Kelsey, what's the difference in the background check between Nick's and, uh, you know, getting the tax stamp and the suppressor? Everything. Um, so it's a complete, it's actually a completely different faction of ATF and Nick's that runs the form you know for background checks um it's even a separate place than what does our form threes which are dealer to dealer so those are still done out of west virginia but all the form fours are processed out of oregon um so you have to do fingerprint cards photographs a full form four um, we have to send everything in together it takes like jordan was saying about eight nine months um they have sped it up a little bit but the problem we've seen with that is human error. So we've had customers send in two Form 4s at the same time, and they came back months apart. But the approval date was the same date. <laughs> <laughs> so they lost it, I think. <laughs> that is bizarre. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got so much more ground to cover, and we will do it. Alec Baldwin is in the news. We'll kick that around. All coming up right here on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Potterhorn Guns and Archery on board with us this morning. That includes uh, Jordan and Kelsey, and uh, they've been in the industry for a long, long time. A couple of quick updates. Apparently, Louisiana, they are um, on the verge of constitutional carry. Uh, two bills, the Louisiana Firearm Protection Act, which would make Louisiana a Second Amendment sanctuary state, Passed without floor debate by a vote of seventy-five twenty-five. You know, you know where the uh, uh, the the boilerplate for that law came from, right? Missouri, um, making them, uh, you know, kind of like our uh, Second Amendment uh, Protection Act. Uh, meanwhile, the constitutional carry bill uh, that they had, uh, it, according to Gun Owners of America, uh, is. You know, it, it just, it was a slam dunk. It was passed uh, by a 65-26 vote. Uh, so it looks like uh, Louisiana is next on the list. More and more states are going to permitless carry or constitutional carry as we generally refer to it. Uh, and, of course, the uh, the other side makes the same argument all the time, Kelsey. There will be blood in the streets. Everybody is going to shoot somebody, and it never happens. Well, we've got what? 15 states now 
that no, prove I the think, opposite? I think we're actually over 25. I oh, is it that high now? Yeah. Wow, see? Yeah, and I don't see all that blood in the streets. We were just, in fact, we talked earlier uh, about uh, the the road rage incidents that they always allege are going to happen, and we, we, we don't see the... Uh, we don't see this happening. Only in Chicago, where handguns are illegal. Yeah, well, Chicago Mostly. is a yeah. <laughs> kind of like a, a whole different uh, world, isn't it? I mean, it's... I think they're going to lose out to D.C. If they, D.C. passes some of the stuff they want, I think uh, they might take the cake for the most restrictive area in the nation. But if the Supreme Court hears uh, it, it, uh, this case on uh, right to carry outside the home... There's going to be uh, yeah. a lot of disappointed gun control advocates out there. I think, I think you're right. If they can do it before the court changes, I, I believe you're right. Yeah, I, I, I really do think they're going to have a hard time uh, resisting this. Um, but the right to carry laws, they always say that it, you know it's going to make violence worse. The Supreme Court is set to rule on whether you have the right to carry a gun outside your home. It is likely the biggest ruling on the Second Amendment since the McDonald decision in 2010. Uh, this according to Bearing Arms. Uh, yet some are gearing up to argue that gun violence is going to be far worse if the court rules the way everyone expects them to. Uh, this uh, Here's an op-ed, the carnage on New York subway unleashed when a lone gunman fired 33 shots inside the end train. An attack that resulted in nearly two dozen injuries and public panic brings into sharp focus the continuing danger of Second Amendment absolutism in contemporary America. Like somehow times have uh, changed uh, in such a way that being able to defend yourself is a down, has a downside. But I would argue, Kelsey, that if some of the people on that train <clears throat> were armed, they might have cut this guy down before he shot anybody else, he might have gotten one or two shots off and been been uh, stopped by the other concealed carry permit holders. Well, and on top of that, wasn't he a felon? You know, you're, he he wasn't supposed to have a gun. Actually, I think he had a mental problem. Correct. There was something, I remember reading something, I don't remember if it was, you know, like actual convictions of a felony or whatever, or if it was just the mental illness part. But yeah, he wasn't supposed to have a gun anyways, so... There's that. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, an armed society is a polite society. So, Yeah, and, and we've uh, discussed on this program in the past uh, research done by John Lott uh, at CrimeResearch.org that indicates that when bad guys want to go make a statement, they go where people are not armed. They go out of their way to find places where you're not allowed to carry. Uh, and this guy, you know, he, he got his gun, I think, in uh, Columbus or Cincinnati, Ohio, and then went to Washington, D.C., where he was relatively sh I'm sorry, New York City, where he was relatively sure that there'd be nobody with a gun that could stop him. It's, it, and, he, and, you know, it, it, it's not crazy thinking. It's actually smart. Yeah. When, when you get right down to it. Yeah. If you're if you were going to do something like that, you you wouldn't go into a police station or a a, a gun shop, a gun store. <laughs> uh, you go where there's nobody armed, and, and these people just they just don't get it. It's peculiar. Uh, Eight seven four. Uh, you know you know what? Let me not do that. Let me do this. Uh, 
Brian Stelter uh, is in the news because he keeps pushing a, a faulty study about mass shootings. And when you break it, this is kind of interesting because I hadn't seen this broken down before, but they did this at uh, Newsbusters. He's using a study that uh, that is uh, not accurate, trying to increase the number of mass shootings by changing the definition of a mass shooting. But if you do it the way uh, the FBI and the, uh, does it, you end up with something like 10 mass shootings last year. So now, and, and this is the the outside-the-box thinking. You're looking at a country of over 300 million people. Out of 300 million people, 10 people got a gun and, you know, did the uh, the mass shooting event. The rest of us don't have to be punished for 10 people. And that's... You know, when you put that in perspective, what is what is the population? Three hundred and thirty million, something like that. Ten people. That's you know. Don't get me wrong. Uh, any any mass shooting, any shooting of an innocent person is is a horrible tragedy. But to attack the firearms industry and the right to carry because ten people in a country of three hundred and thirty million committed that felony. That's kind of a, a little bit tougher argument to make when you put it in perspective, isn't it, Jordan? You know, it, it is for us, but you know, I don't know if the people that, uh, that let's call them the talking heads that uh, are on the other side of this, truly care as much as they say they do. Their whole point is they want zero. Nothing, never, ever, nobody, no, no death is acceptable at the hands of a firearm. But that's ridiculous. That's the same as the original war on drugs, saying, "Hey, we're going to completely eliminate drugs. They're just they're going to we're going to we're going to solve this problem. It's going to go away." You're no, we we hit on that earlier, but you can't stop it. And I think I don't know if they truly believe it or if it's just them, you know, trying to get their name ahead and 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 make their money um, that are saying those things. But yeah, they're ten, ten is ten too many. What and do you think just, is the motivation for for the specious arguments and the and the false numbers, Kelsey? Oh God! <laughs> Political agenda. Um, it it, yeah, it leads down to a lot of things. What, what what purpose does it serve if they accomplish their goal? Is this just uh, a means to get votes by scaring people and pretending to care, or is there a larger, more nefarious plan behind this? It's we don't want anybody who's politically on the opposite side of the ledger to be able to defend themselves because we've got some other plan. What what is the point of it all? I. It could Kinda. boil down to something like that. <laughs> it could be just they don't like them. They're scared of them. Make it go away. You know. You I know. Wanna... And it, it that sounds childish and simplistic, but who knows? And I think there's 80 percent of us kind of in the middle of this country that don't. You know, I'm not gonna say don't care, but are not nearly as involved. And when you ask a question of most of us out there, we're kind of like, I don't understand what this side's saying. I don't understand what this side's saying. It's it's. 30 people in the entire U.S. making up this huge dialogue of, of, of garbage that just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it is absolutely odd. But now you have, you have a lot of money in making a name politically. Now, you don't really care as much about your political career because that what you can create, that persona, that name you create for yourself, can go on to make you a whole lot of money uh, after and during uh, political times. Power. Yeah. Power and money. Uh, you know, but I sometimes I have that tinfoil hat that I should be wearing, and I think to myself, 
You know, maybe they just want to be able to put us in re-education camps and don't want us to resist. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's crazy, uh, but sometimes uh, that's where my mind goes. I, I guess I shouldn't let it wander off on its own. Uh, Alec Baldwin, we were going to talk about him this segment. We didn't get a chance, but by golly, we're going to. And then show and tell, that's coming up. All that and more right here on Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, listen, uh, Alec Baldwin uh, apparently said, b- believes that he's been exonerated, uh, and it looks like uh, that is the case. Joining me this morning is uh, Kelsey and Jordan uh, from uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, they uh, Occupational Safety or Health and Safety Bureau exonerated him from the onset shooting uh, that killed uh, a cinematographer and wounded uh, a director. So I thought I'd kind of go over this. Uh, Jordan, you and I are out, uh, and I hand you a firearm, and I imply that this gun uh, is, and, and this is kind of a stretch because you can't, I can't imagine a situation where this would really happen <laughs> except on a movie set. But I tell you, it's loaded with blanks, and you shoot it, and you, you and you kill somebody. Are you harmless? I, uh, no. But I told but, you that this thing had nothing but blanks. Uh, there, there were no real bullets in here. Yeah, but we're not talking about real people. We're, if, if we're going back to this, uh, this movie set thing, we're not talking about real people that are treated the same way you and me. But if you think of it as a job and take, I guess, gun out of it and you're handed anything that ends up not being in the order or shape it was supposed to be in by the time it was handed to you and it blows up, you blow up your tool, you blow up something that kills somebody else, then I would go, well... Yeah, I guess that's not on you. Someone else gave you the defective things, and it was their job to make sure it wasn't defective because, you know, I don't know anything about how this tool works, and you just handed it to me and uh, told me it was good to go, and so I did my job with it, and someone died because of me using that tool. Then you, you when you think of it from a working standpoint, a, a job standpoint outside of the firearms industry, I... I I guess you could go either way with that thing. I, 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 I think you could see some protections as, a, as an individual um, when it's job-related. You know, um, I, I, I can't imagine, because I think, Kelsey, that we've been looking at this as, uh, you know, Second Amendment supporters and firearms uh, uh, appreciators. That, and we know that we never point a gun at somebody. Uh, we always assume that the gun is loaded. We have all these rules that we've kind of burned into our brain uh, about firearm safety and then you read that he you know he points the gun at somebody and pulls the trigger and right away in our mind we would never do that right yeah. but uh, they don't have that mindset that's it's their job to point you know to point what they assume are unloaded firearms at cameras but i did read that they were supposed to use a unmanned camera for shots like that and for some reason, at this point in time, they were just doing a dry run and they didn't do it, which yeah. is interesting. Um, uh, go ahead. Well, you'd think, I don't care if the camera's rolling or not, if you're pointing a gun towards people, you should probably not have the people there. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, if, if they asked me to do it, I wouldn't. Uh, and I'd, I'd damn sure, uh, in this case at Revolver, uh, I would damn sure check the rounds in it. Uh, to make sure that they weren't real. And there's a way to do that. Apparently, Jordan, the the rounds that look like a complete uh, uh, 
what you call it? You can't call it a bullet because cartridge. The bullets, <laughs> cartridge, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, the ones that don't fire have a little piece of metal in there, like a ball bearing or a tiny little disc, and you shake it and it rattles, and that's how you know that it's it's not going to fire. Uh, I think if somebody told you to point this firearm, I think you'd probably go through and check each round, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, but I'm also not fighting complacency for doing it for 40 years. I mean, think of how many times just that actor has held a firearm and shot blanks, shot, pulled triggers at people, at cameras. It is hard to fight that complacency. And, you know, he'd done it for, what, 30, 40 years he's been acting and doing those kind of movies? And... uh yeah, that that's the hard part. You know, we've never done it, so of course we're on the edge of going. Oh my God! I, the first time I ever did that, hell, heck yeah! I'd be, you know, checking everything, and I'd be looking at the bullets, and I'd be checking the gun fifteen times, and I'd be, you know, really scared to do it. But we yeah. haven't done it for forty years, and you know, so it's, it's hard. To put, a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was thinking, being a revolver, you wouldn't even have to take the rounds no. out. You just, uh, well, no, I guess you couldn't do that either. I was going to say maybe you just point it somewhere and and. Uh, <laughs> Squeeze the trigger five, six times, but the blanks that I've wouldn't seen, be safe either. The blanks I've seen have always been crimped off on the end. Right. So it looks like the casing's just crimped over on itself. Yeah. And, of course, bad stuff still comes out. We've, we've, we've seen that in movie sets. Bad stuff still happens. So you can't just, uh, you can't just uh, willy-nilly use the blanks. But they, they do look a certain way. But I, I don't know. I, I see both sides having, if I, if I take out the whole it's a gun and just think of it as a tool in my employment and uh, doing things i understand how many times that how, how easy that is to happen um especially complacency you know those accidents tend to happen around people that deal with that stuff all the time you have to fight it for law enforcement you have to fight it for trainers you have to fight it for career military is that complacency because you did it so many times you've done it forty-five thousand times the same way and it's never been a problem and so you just you stop thinking about it for a second and uh, man, you just can't with these guns. You just, you just can't. Yeah, I, I think my view of it uh, when I first read it was through the eyes of somebody who's been taught gun safety. Yeah, uh, and not looking at it through the eyes of um, an actor who you know does this for a living and and never has to fire a real firearm. That yep. doesn't even have to really care about uh, gun safety because somebody else allegedly is doing it for him. It's- that's right. There's someone on set just for that. Yeah. And, you know, and for us, uh, even when we're sitting around the console here and you, we hand each other a firearm, uh, we always make sure that it's, <laughs> you know, uh, open, unloaded. Um, we hand it to each other in a way that we know that if something happened, it wouldn't hit anybody. We go to all those extremes. So it's a, it's a different set of eyes that, uh, that I'm looking through yeah. when I review these things. Uh, apparently, the uh, Biden administration is going to try and seat another anti-gunner uh, over at the BATF. That's uh, that's kind of uh, it's kind of sad. <laughs> you can't even find somebody that's neutral. Uh, there's a study out that says uh, that, that the GOP states have higher murder rates. Uh, it's it's really misleading, but they're using that. Uh, then we've got show and tell. Boy, I love show and tell. Uh, we've got a shotgun, uh, we've got a pistol, and we've got a suppressor uh, all uh, on the table. We'll give you uh, uh, the details on all that and a whole lot more. Uh, and if you're into archery instead of just firearms, well, the place to go, uh, well, that would be Powderhorn Guns and Archery. You guys have an indoor uh, range. 
You, you don't see that everywhere. Uh, you restring those things, and uh, you, because I know so little about them, I'm just, uh, you know, like sitting on the sidelines thinking, restringing those must be a real difficult task. Some, it's some, for some people. Yeah, <laughs> some of them can be, but yeah. Yeah, after you do it a few times, it's not so bad. You start to understand the, the engineering. Do you need any special equipment for it? Something to yes. compress the... Yes. We have um, a very special bow press. A very special bow press. Yes. You're going to find that at Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Coming up in the next segment of the show, it's show and tell time. I'm Gary on Guns.